deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's. Because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. And welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And this is Devin Leary. And, you know, we're not a finance podcast, but but romance and finance, if you watch the movies or if you watch Showtime's Billions, you might think that they're uh, interchangeable topics. So there's a lot of... Um, financial news this week and you know people some gamers have been i don't know reddit like buzzwords buzzwords reddit stocks stocks, bonds big short big tall big and tall i actually didn't even know gamestop was still open yeah i mean it's one of those things where i'm like oh cool again i lost out like in why didn't i become a gamer there's so many things like i basically was nothing in middle school and high school like i didn't have a thing i didn't have a sport i didn't have like a you know thing that makes me me besides like uh mental illness and an eating disorder so i'm like cool i should have definitely gotten in with this crowd that's like fucking buying games and stuff i i did um play like a couple of virtual reality computer desktop games where you have pets or babies and you feed them and watch them go to the bathroom that's how i gamed but i know other people seem to have gamed uh differently so i'm just feeling like i missed out on that i definitely didn't let my sims go to the bathroom and they would pee and stomp and cry and i'm sad for them i really was dealing with like adults who are unwell and managing their lives if I ever 
murder someone, which never say never. Justin Bieber always says never say never. If they made a documentary about me, they would flash back to my childhood when I would enclose my Sims in four walls so that they couldn't move anywhere and then I burned them alive. Yeah, as they should. <laughs> um. Anyway, so... Since since we're on the topic of finance, and I know the financial information we just covered is like really, really might might be hard to stomach, digest, and we don't have time to slow down and explain it all to you. But another piece of financial news. So the former Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, um, also known as evil Satan's kidneys. Constipated nerd. His skin looks like Satan's kidneys. He has a wife. Shocker. So Shocker, he found someone. So did Charles Manson. So did fucking the Menendez brothers. Her name is Louise Linton. Yes. And she dropped a trailer this week for her new movie, Me, You Madness, a dark comedy where she portrays a murderous, sex-crazed hedge fund manager. The film, which is also Linton's screenwriting and directorial debut because money, of course, centers on a character named Catherine Black, a Malibu (laughs) businesswoman addicted to fashion, the accumulation of money, exercise, and S-E-X, sex. Wait, did you say the accumulation of money? That's the description for the movie. Okay, great, 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 great. Um... In the trailer, she says, you may think that I'm a materialistic, narcissistic, self-absorbed misanthrope. I don't deny it. She says, taking off in an Aston Martin. Carolina aptly described this as seems like it was written by a 12-year-old. And I totally agree. It has all the things that I would have written into a movie for myself when I was in middle school and was very lonely and watched longingly at the lives of the popular girls in school who had hot tub parties like there's a little bit of like an unsupervised kid who has access to her mom's high heels and is putting on lipstick in the mirror and being like i am a man eater malibu i mean these buzzwords malibu businesswoman addicted to fashion accumulation of money exercise sex materialistic narcissistic misanthrope I don't deny it. Like, she's literally thesaurusing. She wrote clandestine into thesaurus, and this is what came up. But it's so funny. And the trailer, so basically the trailer is the whole movie, like, start to finish. It's like, (laughs) she's, I guess, a Malibu businesswoman, although the only things, like, the only shots they show of her is her in a walk-in closet and her in lingerie. But she's like... I'm a cutthroat businesswoman and she like slices an apple, I guess, to show that she like murders people. It is a real housewife who got to write a movie. So there was like three people in the whole movie, it looks like. And one of them is Ed Westwick, who because he was taken down in the Me Too movement, this is probably a great opportunity for him. And he plays her love interest. He's definitely 30 years her junior. And at one point is on the phone with someone saying, I don't know, I really like this girl. (laughs) She is a older woman. Like it's it's not an insult when I say that. It's just more that she's obviously having some arrested development here and um 
She described it into the New York Times as a middle finger to the haters, a.k.a. struggling Americans who thought it was distasteful when she was posing like a movie villain with sheets of American dollar bills. Okay, That should have so been in their pockets. I have to say, on the topic of romance, to move away from finance, our, our other expertise for a minute, this article about her movie coming out linked to the story about her holding the giant sheets of money that she went viral for looking like fucking Cruella DeVille. But so it linked to this thing. And (laughs) this statement by Steve Mnuchin on his wife is truly aspirational and sickening at the exact same time. He said, I think social media has made her misunderstood and she is not at all the person that has been portrayed. She has a huge heart, is sensitive, deeply compassionate and kind. She has humility and gentleness. She's also funny and makes people laugh. She loves gadgets and has a bird feeder in the backyard. She reads John Stewart Mill. She has a Mill. Tamagotchi. <laughs> she, has a, she loves gadgets and she feeds her Tamagotchi once a week. She reads John Stewart Mill and writes notes in the margins of her books. She's an incredibly warm and loving person. So like she reads Thoreau in the wilderness. She reads and writes notes. She's not at all what the haters think. So let's be let's fact check. The haters think that she is a money obsessed greed hound based on a photo of her with a leather glove caressing sheets of fucking money. That's what people think. Okay. And he's like, no, she actually writes notes in the margins of her books and she actually has a very technological bird feeder. So she's not what you think. She also said about the movie, there will be people who love it and people who hate it, but I don't care what people say. And I'm like, yeah, that ratio is going to be a little off. (laughs) I know. There's going to be a lot of thoughts. I'm sorry, but even the title, Me You Madness, like there's no punctuation in it. There's not a comma or anything. I know. It sounds like what she probably thought was a haiku. She probably wants to make that her MySpace URL. Um, no, but also my, my other favorite thing about it is that the, there's many songs in the trailer. Cause as I said, the trailer is a full film in and of itself, but the main longest playing song in the trailer is Footloose, which it's a great song. In fact, is <laughs> it a theme song of a different movie. So it is the equivalent of like, let's say. Um, what's like a movie that just came out? It's the equivalent of I don't know any movies. Okay, it's the equivalent. It's equivalent if Wonder Woman had Shallow playing in, ba- the, in back the trailer, of it. or or it's the equivalent of if Wonder Woman had the Ghostbusters theme song playing in the trailer, like Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, and you'd be like, this doesn't quite fit. Like that's what she chose. Which also the rights are really expensive to that song. So again, like really interesting choice and um i'm honestly in awe of it but yeah you can see the whole romantic timeline of her and ed westwick in the trailer they fall in love then there's drama she tries to kill him that's all in the trailer so not sure uh what's left to the imagination that would make you want to see the movie but i do think she probably wanted to have sex with ed westwick because her husband is a troll and he paid for it because he doesn't want her to divorce him that's my theory That makes sense. I also was just like, Ed Westwick wasn't going to get prison time because he's a white man, but this in some ways is so much worse. I know. In some (laughs) ways, it's like, oh, what do you have to... um, 
I'm actually in Steve Mnuchin's wife's uh, upcoming Me You Indie Madness. movie. <laughs> Indie film Me You Madness is like just not what you want to be saying. Okay, well, I can't wait to see what's it called? Me You Murder? I, Me You Madness. I can't wait to see I can't wait to see Me You Madness in theaters. The official Twitter account linking to the trailer said, turns out you can have it all, but still want gore. Knife emoji. Eat it up in this brand new trailer and catch hashtag me you madness starring at Louise Linton and at Ed Westick and at Ed Westwick. I'm sure he tried to untag himself on demand everywhere. February 12th in the USA. She includes. (laughs) I also think this is going to be like, you know how 7-Eleven still has like randomly five movies on Blu-ray that you can buy. And you're like, wait, how are there still Blu-rays made? This is going to be one of those i think i can't wait i would be surprised if they made it to 7-eleven i like that she says in the usa because it's like we haven't secured global distribution yet but, but hopefully we will. when the critics see this i mean you know mixed reviews possibly we have to move on to a new segment those of you who follow us on instagram which if you don't already you have to do it and now it's at true romance pod on instagram and we do a lot of shenanigans, as Carol would say on there. But we did a couple weeks ago a campagne. That's the French um, pronunciation that American people use at Vogue when they talk about campaigns, which I learned from the Hills. And so we did a series of we did a question and answer series. We asked people about their worst slash craziest first date stories. And we reposted a bunch of them, but we didn't get to all of them. And some could not be shortened because they just were bigger than the medium that was available which the medium was a little answer box on instagram so we're gonna hit some of the uh hit some of the classics that we missed we're gonna have to do a little fire round yeah i mean there were so many good ones here um one of my favorites uh was first date dude is obsessed with disney Told me I reminded him of Sleeping Beauty, wanted to watch me sleep. Yes. Great, 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 great. Hits all the major themes. An adult who's obsessed with Disney and um, someone who has a fetish where you need to be unconscious. Yes. Another one of my favorites was Went to See Passengers, starring Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. And the guy said, whoa, far too loudly. (laughs) Every time there was a remotely romantic scene on... (laughs) But some of the ones that we didn't get to on the Instagram, one from an anonymous friend was this. I went on a date. It wasn't horrible, but it was one of those situations where right when you spot who the person is in the restaurant bar, since I met them on a dating app, I was like in my mind, oh, nope, not interested. Just right off the bat. knew no, we've all been there. And then I still went through the whole date and stuff, just talked a lot because I felt awkward and not interested and just wanted to be over. He asked to walk me home or he insisted on walking me home. Sorry. So I let him but turned before my cross street. Very smart. And then he looked at me like he wanted to kiss after we hugged goodbye. But I just clocked that and turned right around and walked home and never looked back. Okay. Amazing. Like clearly have watched some true crime docs to know how to handle the situation because I have let many a sinister stranger know where I live. Then he texted me the next day, like asking to hang out again. And I didn't respond since I was busy with work that day. And he wasn't a priority for me. Again, boss statement. And he wasn't a priority for me. And I was putting off responding. So then the next day after that, like after I hadn't responded for less than 24 hours, he sent me a survey monkey asking how the date was. (laughs) 
That's so psychotic. She goes, honestly, I could probably find the text in the last I looked. The survey monkey was still active, LOL. It's really profound and it's really, I mean, I I just want that boldness and I feel like my life would be better for it. So my friend Mary gave me a really amazing I wouldn't even call it a date. I would call it an experience, a first date with a guy. And she sent it to me in segments and then finally just the whole thing in a Wikipedia sort of note. Okay. He's nameless, but I'll remember him forever. It begins, we're meeting at Marvin, a restaurant. He told me he was having dinner with his mom and godmother beforehand. As soon as I see him, something is wrong. He is not cute and has lied about his height. He's standing outside when I walk up, pointing at me. There she is. Before he even hugs me, he introduces me to his quote-unquote friends, two tall strangers. I shake hands with them. They go into Marvin. He tells me they're his new friends who he bummed a cigarette from. But I fully had to meet these people. He stands there smoking and tells me how he's three martinis deep and and also how he quit his job a few weeks ago in a way that makes it obvious he got fired. Showing up to a date after three martinis is um, something I might have done when I was 19. (laughs) I can tell immediately he's hammered and consider leaving while he smokes. I decide to stay for the disaster ahead. We go inside and he pulls out the chair for me. Truly the first pleasant thing that has happened. He won't stop talking about how fat the owner of the restaurant is and how he's never seen him work before. The owner is taking orders. We make small talk about work and life and such. I order wine. He orders a beer. He says he Facebook stalked me and knows a girl in my sorority. He starts reading some texts, apologizes, says he is getting a call. Even though I can clearly see that his phone is not ringing and he walks out of the bar. Incredible. I'm going to start doing that as a power move. Just you see my locked home screen and I just say I'm getting a call. I'm just going to show my screen with nothing but my dog's cute ass face on it and be like, Somebody's ah, getting in. a call. He walks out of the bar. I think he has left for good. I prepare to reluctantly pay our check and call an Uber. He reappears and tells me he had to take a follow up call from a job interview he just had. I say at 9 30 p.m. He says, yes, they sent me some stuff. He starts asking me about how I know someone is a good date. If it's hard for me dating in L.A., I tell him some stories and get some really LOL reactions out of him. He tells me he thinks this date is going medium. (laughs) (laughs) Two and a half stars. He more than anything wanted to just meet me because we have similar backgrounds. He wants to set me up with his friend. Okay, no. (laughs) Is that weird? (laughs) Amazing. Is that weird? I I say, no, what does he look like? He says, tall, dark, and handsome. (laughs) I say, sign me up. He tells me he cares for but does not love his former co-worker and they've been sleeping together for a year, but he hasn't had sex with her in a month. Asks me whether I have had sex or masturbated more recently. What the fuck? He is on one. He does not care. He's, he wants to burn his life. And I his actually like respect it. Like I'm like, I feel bad that you went through this. But at the same time, I'm like, this is this person is actually going for it like it reminds me of that scene in that show love where they try to make the date like as and they're like have you ever had like you know my butthole is really itching right now like have you ever had that i feel like i like didn't wipe properly (laughs) and she pretends he's a 9-11 truther (laughs) 
Yeah. And knowing Mary, she's so sardonic and so funny and so deadpan that I can totally see her being like, yeah, is your friend cute? Like she does not (laughs) care and is obviously like knows that she hates this guy already. He tells me about his recent trip to Mykonos where he had sex with a girl. Okay. No. (laughs) He admits he has done a bump of cocaine tonight. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll twist my arm. I did a bump of coke before the date. Twist my arm, (laughs) Mary. Mary, your eyes are just like digging into my soul. I get it. Yes. I bumped cocaine before I met up with you tonight. And then I drove here. What? He goes to the bathroom. I ask the waiter to bring the check, but not say I asked for it. He probably has diarrhea from the cocaine. Probably. <laughs> he takes forever in bathroom yes. and blames it on a guy who was taking his time. You draw more attention to yourself, by the way, if you blame someone for how long you were in the bathroom. I know. It is it is so, like, it's so tempting. Like one time I went to dinner with Carolina and our friend Chelsea and Jenna and I'm probably not going to keep this on the podcast, but I had to break up with someone right after the dinner and I was so nervous that I had explosive diarrhea and I just like left the table for definitely like 27 minutes and I was like, there's no way to explain that I missed an entire course of this meal. So I'm just not going to say anything. And I came back and just said nothing. It was really funny because I was just like, so this also poor Devin like could barely speak at the meal because she was so nervous and then like spent half of it shitting. Yes. So I was just like, all right. Um, you win some, you lose some. He takes forever in the bathroom and blames it on a guy who was taking his time, was obviously ripping lines. He orders another beer and tries to get me another wine, although I insist. No, thanks. No, the thanks. waiter takes the check off our table. He notices and says, wow, you're really trying to get out of here. Huh? <laughs> Actually. <laughs> I say no they probably just brought it because I said I didn't want more wine why can't I just admit I want to leave this is as women we're taught we can't be honest about wanting to get out of a situation I know hurt someone's feelings I'm a people pleaser even when they're blackout drunk and doing drugs he buys my excuse that's a reminder that he is wasted we talk more we decide that we are going to be friends because he can tell that I don't want to kiss him duh he thinks I'm attractive, but really, most of all, he thinks I'm funny and cool. <laughs> I hate him so much. He's terrible. I tell him I am funny, but not cool. Perfection. <laughs> he suggests we go sit at a table outside. He asks for the check and leaves, quote unquote, just enough cash to cover it. I ask if he's a bad tipper and he asks me if I have any cash. Terrible, terrible human. No. I break a 20 and leave the waiter a five, berating him for being a bad tipper the entire time. Mary is so hot and so cool. On our way out, he runs into someone he knows. I dash out and sit outside, not wanting to be seen by anyone. The waiter apologizes for not getting me out of this situation. That's okay. At this point, the restaurant is collectively going through this. (laughs) I tell him it's okay because he has sobered up a lot since we got here. We share a nice moment. Should I date this waiter? He emerges and bumps yet another cig off a table next to us. No. He makes his friend come out of the restaurant and say hi to me. She is so nice and normal and asks how we know each other. He says this is a hinge date, but we're going to be friends. <laughs> she is startled. I say yes, it's not going well. He's extremely drunk. Yeah. She asks if I'm okay. I say yes, I'm okay. Thank you. Love women looking out for other women. Let's do it forever. A woman as as 17 out of 70 of the real housewives have posted on Instagram. A real woman holds up another woman's crown, doesn't try to take it and put it on her own head or whatever the fuck they all post. 
As Taylor Swift once eloquently put, there's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women. But that wasn't the woman in this restaurant that night. (laughs) She tells me I look like Emma Stone. She can't get over it. He tells her I am smart and funny. I tell her that he was going to set me up with his friend. She approves. We talk about the East Coast. She is from there. I then have to meet her two other friends who are also normal and nice. Total tally of people he has introduced me to. Five. (laughs) He tells me a story about how one time Dina Lohan was all over him at a fundraiser. By the way, this could be Dina Lohan. That's how crazy this story is. Love. Then he says his mom's friend who had just divorced someone and was in Pink Floyd gave him head in the car in the Hamptons. Okay. He apologizes for ruining the night and being drunk and weird and in, and admits that he purchased cocaine when he left the restaurant and lied about being on a job interview. <laughs> oh, so you weren't on a job interview. Okay, I got it. I It seemed you could very easily be interviewing for a job right now, but... Wasted at 9.30 p.m. He feels terrible for lying. The lying is the least of what he did this night at at this date, by the way. And insists we be friends and hang out again. I have a lot of friends who are girls. Let's not let this have been a waste of both our time. (laughs) Please, uh, let's not let this be a waste. Please, I'm begging you. He offers to call my Uber. I say it's okay. He opens the door of the Uber that I call myself for me, and he says, get her home safe to the driver. No. As if we had a lovely... Precious cargo in here. Drive safe. I... So, truth be told, I knew portions of this date because I quickly skimmed it before reading it. I did not read the whole thing before just reading it now, and it has really... It really blew my mind. The thing is, like, it's Mary's origin story. She should have gotten a superpower from getting through that date. <laughs> she, excuse me. She should have gotten a superpower, which is being really funny and cool, which is what the guy ordained that she should be. The radioactive incel ordained her a funny and cool person. Um, no, it's just so good. And I love that she was like, I'm going to stay because clearly this is going to be psychotic yes, and I need yes. to witness it. Yes. It's so funny, but also repeatedly being like, okay, I know I'm fucking this up, but like, are we still going to be friends like to a stranger? Let's not have this start be a waste of our time. It's so funny. It's so bad. Um, (laughs) Telling a stranger this is a hinge date, but we're going to be friends. (laughs) Hinge is so atrocious sometimes. Um I really want to know, like, did he text her the next day? Like, I'm curious because if it was me, I feel like if I had blacked out and done all that, I would have like texted the next day and been like, I'm so sorry. Like, I just had surgery and I accidentally took like a pill or something. But yeah, so I'm curious if he texted her to follow up in any way. I'm also like he could very easily be 90% of men that I know also. I want to know about his other dates. Like there's a thought in my head that this is like maybe a normal date for him. So I want to know what like a bad date is for him. It's also like if you're going to be a cocaine addict, that's your. (laughs) If if, if that's on the table. If that's like what you're thinking of choosing in life, you have to buy your own packs of cigarettes because it's actually sick how often cokeheads are like 
stealing people's cigarettes who actually really need them and are addicted to nicotine, please just get your own. And this is Devin's cause. This is my cause. And if anybody wants to get behind Lincoln Bio, um, and you can just check my link tree and you'll see I have various different ways of helping this cause um, of cokeheads buying their own cigarettes. One time when I was really late to a date with this guy that I was set up with, I was it was like a work thing and I ended up being like a half hour late. So I said, I'll pay for dinner because I was late. And he said, OK, no argument. No, like, are you sure? No. He was like, okay. And I was like, you know what? Great. Do you want to be my boyfriend? No. Um, okay, so this person writes in, when I was 19, I was, quote, seeing a guy I believe to have been named Nash, who I met at the Cha-Cha Lounge wearing a leopard coat and a face tattoo. Him, in parentheses, to clarify that that's not what she had. He was also a pro roller skater. Every time we hung out, he had a different empty house he claimed to be renovating. I find out later that he has had a wife and child this whole time. Also, one time he sprayed Axe on his dick and I gagged going down on him. Oh, yeah. He also had a van and a Pomeranian named Furby. (laughs) That's the only cool part about it is the Pomeranian (laughs) named Furby. (laughs) Extra detail, he always wore an elaborate hat to cover the fact that he was balding. Classic move. (laughs) I imagine him in like one of those witches black hats. (laughs) I was imagining like a huge top hat and because she said elaborate, which I love. Okay, this is a quick one. She just says, in response to the worst, craziest date story, uh, this listener writes, grabbed my fingers in the middle of convo saying he likes when girls have long nails, finished his ice cream and moved in for a kiss while I was looking forward finishing my ice cream. And then he let me know that he stopped at Planned Parenthood for condoms. It was a first date. Dot, dot, dot. Amazing. I said, I didn't even know they had condoms at Planned Parenthood. (laughs) Me? Okay, wait. (laughs) Me and my uh, sister and our friend in high school would go pick up condoms from Planned Parenthood and we went randomly because they have really fun condoms there. I saw a girl from high school who, in retrospect, was obviously waiting to go get an abortion. And I was like, hey, no, Jane. No, what's up? And she was like, hey, hi. And I was like, what's going on? Okay, me and my sister just got condoms. We're going to go out later. Let's hang out sometime. Bye. And I was like, why was she being so weird? (laughs) Meanwhile, she's literally in the waiting room with like a clipboard in hand. I know. You're like, wait, why is she being a weird bitch? It's not like. Why are you filling out so many forms? (laughs) It's not like she has a life changing um, decision. No, it's not life changing, guys. It's actually completely normal and everyone should do it for free and it's normal. Um, everyone should do it. <laughs> okay everyone should do it do it this friend of the pod writes once went on a date with a poet from bard so annoying we went back to his house in bushwick he had a roommate and the roommate had a black chihuahua we are sitting in the kitchen drinking wine i see in corner of my eye the chihuahua is eating its dog food i look more closely at it it's not the chihuahua it's a rat a huge rat the guy claps trying to scare it it looks at us and then walks back under the stove. He attempted to look under the stove while also kind of doing this pathetic plank. Very shaky. He was so weak. I slept there anyway. And the clincher is that there was a gap between the floor and his door that was very much big enough for a rat to come in. Smiley face. <laughs> Smiley face indeed. I loved he was so weak, slept there anyway. <laughs> Classic. Dating in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. We have an amazing guest that yes. we have to get to. <laughs> okay, so our guest tonight is the rat that uh, was in Bushwick eating Chihuahua food, and you guys are going to want to hear it. 
We're going to be right back with our guest on True Romance. Please stay tuned. I want true romance. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. The Hyundai Santa Fe becomes available early 2024, so get on it now before all the good camping sites are full. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a brand new Samsung A14 on them. Straight Talk Unlimited plans start at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Who wouldn't want a few extra bucks in their pocket? Straight Talk is a great everyday value on wireless. Plus, it all runs on the most reliable 5G network in America. So treat yourself to Straight Talk today. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Straight Talk utilizes the network with the most first place rankings and root metrics 1H 2023 5G reliability assessments of 125 metros. Results may vary. Not an endorsement. And we're back with True Romance. Today's guest on True Romance is Jenny Hogan. She is a writer and a stand-up comic, a contributor for many publications, literary publications, including The New Yorker, The Atlantic, The New York Times, Cosmopolitan, and Vulture. You may have seen her sketches on Comedy Central's Digital. And in 2019, she published a book of humorous essays called Toxic Femininity in the Workplace, based loosely on her experiences working in tech. Please welcome to True Romance, Jenny Hogan. Jenny Hogan. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Ginny, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, I was very relieved uh, that, you know, no one blew up the inauguration. Yeah, it truly, it felt like everything I wanted to tweet or post felt like a jinx. Like, I was like, I don't want to say it's a good day. I don't want to say that. 
you're in a core relationship, correct? I am in a core relationship. Started in core. Really? Wow. How did it start? We met on Hinge. We like FaceTime dated and then we Ooh. like. I've heard of successful FaceTime relationships beginning. Sophia Cleary, who was on the pod, had a similar situation. Oh, nice. Yeah. I kind of loved it. I, I probably went on like five FaceTime dates and it's like, if the date sucks, you can just be like, my Wi-Fi died, you know? <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Like it just feel I feel like honestly, if I'm single again in dating, I'm always going to do a FaceTime date first before meeting up in person. That's really something I've never thought about, but that's true. Like you only have to get ready from like waist up too. Yes, literally. Because currently I have like a normal t-shirt on, but I'm also currently in pajama pants and I can do that for work now. A yeah. lot of times, Carolina and I, when we're recording, she'll be like, wait, I have to grab something. And she stands up fully in underwear with no pants on. And I'm like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's something I so forget. Once Devin was at my house and I was wearing pajamas and not knowing that the crotch was completely cut out and just walking around the house with my legs up. And Devin was like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that way more, but then the Jeffrey Tubin story scared me. And oh, I know. well, yeah. Yeah. That was, but I mean. For sure, I'm always, like, in my underwear. I mean, why? Yeah. Would... It's sort yeah. of like how you're supposed to cover your computer camera. And right. I'm like, if my computer camera is been recording me they've just literally been seeing me shirtless with my nipples touching my belly button like hunched over <laughs> watching tv eating peanut butter with my hand like poo bear yeah <laughs> I thought you were like, say enjoy <laughs> and pooping and fully no shitting. i i <laughs> oh my god i'm so immature sorry but no, I haven't thought about the FaceTime dating in that way. I do think like I like to get to know people on the phone, like long phone calls, and it takes the pressure off because, yeah, there's like no, oh, well, what if I have to like, am I staying too long? Is it weird that I'm not the one who said that we should leave and he's the one he's, who said that we should leave and maybe that means he's not into it and whatever. And like, how do I get out of this? And do I go to the second location? Like all that stuff is kind of removed. Do I go to the dungeon? <laughs> when he says that he has candy in his van, do I get in? Right. All that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't have to worry about the vans on FaceTime dating. Yeah. yeah. Unless he lives in one. Right. Um, <laughs> you dated in San Francisco. How was that? Um, It's actually like San Francisco's like so many single men that it's kind of like easier to just like get a lot of dates. I felt like I was also like younger at the time. Who knows? Maybe it's just easier when you're in your early 20s. I don't know about that for me. <laughs> went on like a million and a half first dates and then far fewer second dates. But it did feel like there were just like so many single men and they were like so grateful to have a date. But then the downside is that they are weird. Like it's like all like programmers and people who like can't make eye contact and that like I would that you can learn on FaceTime. Like I would have saved myself a lot of time if I'd FaceTime right. them. And one thing I like even became so skeptical of anyone attractive because they always just ended up being like so socially awkward that I would just like fully refuse to go out with like an attractive man. Um, but, I, you know, I had some good experiences. I had a boyfriend I met off Coffee Meets Bagel and we dated for like a year. Yeah, I, I miss the city. It's pretty nice. It's easier than dating in L.A. because San Francisco is so much smaller. Are there like tech 
bro stereotypes true? Totally. Like that they only want to talk about like optimization and like. (laughs) They're smelling like boobs on their calculator and showing it to you. (laughs) That's a really neat trick. Yeah, I would say, yeah, the tech bros. Have you guys dated tech bros? techies at all no i've dated like the new york version i think which is like finance bros oh yeah finance bros are kind of like fun on a first date and then they like go downhill yeah then they're kind of like psychopath sociopath types (laughs) which is hard (laughs) it's hard you wrote in your book toxic femininity in the workplace about the sort of toxic male behavior you experience from coworkers. So you had a really good time working as a woman in tech is what I gather. (laughs) I highly recommend being a woman in tech. It's like really, really fun. Um, You get paid some amount, not as much as the men, but it's still pretty good and uh, a lot of free snacks. So I would, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. Um, No, (laughs) I I don't know. I mean, I did stand up after that. I guess I still kind of do stand up, but not during the pandemic. And that's also like all men and, and potentially worse because there's no like, human resources or like you can't get right being an open mic comedian but yeah tech was really bad like I had a coworker who was just like so inappropriate and he didn't get fired until he like threw a chair yeah stuff before that I was just like this is so insane like he like told this woman to shove it one time it was and she was like two levels above him oh I was thought you were (laughs) I thought you were gonna say she was like nine months pregnant (laughs) (laughs) she might have been I mean not nine months but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was like the kind of company where you would not tell people you were pregnant if you weren't. Wow. Yeah. It was like so broy. I have a lot of friends who are comedians and stand-ups and stuff, and I definitely have witnessed some insanely toxic behavior and a lot of like poor white man not getting to the top as easily as everyone else now mentality. And there, I wish there was like a way to report that and be like, don't go to this fucker's show. Like he is not to be trusted or supported. Social media, like you can kind of like people maybe are like a little more scared of getting called out, but not really. And like, right. It's pretty fascinating. It's sort of like the Chris Delia stuff and like the Army Hammer stuff where I'm like, I'm scared if I send a text in like a weird tone or, you know, like I'll tell people to delete texts if I'm like talking shit about a friend I've never like hit on like a 17 year old just freely from an account it's so crazy I know yeah people really need to like be more nervous than they are like it's like kind of crazy yeah I I also like get so nervous talking shit over text and I feel like quarantine's made it even harder because like every conversation you have is over text or in person and I love like talking shit you know but or sorry yeah video but there's just like you know no safe way to do it anymore. Have you guys had this happen to you where I've had two instances where I could have 100% sworn that I DM'd an Instagram story to one person and then like the next day I check and I sent it to the wrong person. So for example, I DM'd something that I meant for Carolina and it actually went to our other friend Jesse who's like a correspondent on our show. Um but it wasn't a shit talking text, but I, I mean, DM, but I do DM a lot of shit talking. Like I'll DM someone's story and be like, can you believe uh, my ex, you know, did this or whatever. And so if that had been sent, if that type of thing had been sent to the wrong person, like that is a crisis. And 
I, it's it's like a glitch in the app because it's happened to me too where someone someone sent me a joke about the Lakers and I was like uh there's definitely no world in which this is an inside joke between us because I know but nothing about the Lakers so what so I think it's like a glitch in the app and it really terrifies me so now I just take my DM shit talking to text and I'll text someone and be like go look at so-and-so's story right now <laughs> <laughs> this hashtag this is a crisis Bethany Frankel <laughs> I don't know if this has ever happened to you but <laughs> I um had a friend who was notoriously annoying to make plans with and he texted me something in response to me trying to make plans and so I screenshotted it and no. thought I was texting it to someone else being like look how annoying this is but I sent it back to him and he was like why did you just screenshot that and send no. it to me and I was like, oh, because I actually uh, meant to send that to our other friend because I was going to tell them like that they, this was the plan for tonight. And he no. was like, Did he okay, buy I just think that it's really weird how you decided to do that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, I guess. I mean, it was just easier than texting it. I was, I, you know, when you're so panicked that you have a freakish sense of calm because you're like, I just have to get through this. You're like, the worst has wide. happened. My worst fear has come true, so now I am calm. Did he buy it? He totally bought it. I think only because, like, the only other alternative was to be like, okay, so you talk shit about me out in the <laughs> open. Um, Jenny, you have an amazing essay in Cosmo. You have many great essays in Cosmo, but one of them is about drunk texting. And to this day, I sent so many drunk texts in college. At one point, actually, either my phone broke or the guy I was texting phone broke, and he was... um video chatting me the next day and he was like I just want you to see how many texts you sent me and no. I'm not kidding I just sent him like hey what time are you guys want to meet in Union Square and it showed up I'm not kidding he was like I think it showed up 200 times <laughs> like he yeah. was just scrolling through his phone and it was just that over and over again a phone issue or because you kept resending it I either like it was the Blackberry years and I don't know if it was my end I don't know if his end yeah <laughs> But you made a great point about how at times it was the only way you could convey yourself comfortably. So have you transitioned or are you still? Yeah, I mean, I definitely still struggle with communication, like with my boyfriend now. But um, the funny, so I, yeah, I would send like full novels. And like, it's like kind of cute, I guess, when you're like in college or something. But I was like, I quit drinking when I was like 27 and was like doing it kind of like up until the day I stopped. And um, like, it's just like fully I mean it's so weird the first guy I dated after I quit drinking which was like months later like I kind of told him like I still the way I text is crazy like I will send like just like stream of consciousness like oh yeah me like I don't collect my thoughts I just send like 20 texts and each of them are like three words um and I was like I bet you can't even imagine what it would be like if I sent like crazy drunk texts and he's like no I really can like the way you can <laughs> You can like only imagine how crazy it would be if you were drunk. Um, or I was like, I bet you don't think I seem like the kind of person who sends like a million drunk texts. And he was like, No, you really do. <laughs> like you're just <laughs> a person of that person. Um, yeah, I mean, I like I think I'm so self conscious about over texting because of all my years of drunk texting and being so worried that it's annoying that I like now with my boyfriend. I mean, now we like kind of text as much as we want, but for like months into our relationship, I just was like not comfortable texting him that much. So like he's like ask how it was going and I would like respond and then ask him and I like wouldn't want to send him like anything else until I saw him like I would never like for like the first few months we were dating I would never like text him or check in um 
in between us hanging out and it did kind of make things move slower i mean the fact that we were in quarantine made things move a little bit faster but like it took us a while to get into like a stream of like regular texting but i think that's kind of good though because i can like easily get distracted by just like spending all day texting i text Devin's stream of consciousness all the time yeah just thoughts and i know (laughs) and sometimes i'm just like okay um, no, no, no. But I also send, I'll be like, okay, can I vent about something? Or like, is this insane? And usually it is. And I send it to Carolina. But I was a serial drunk texter as well. And often would send like just a million things in a row that are like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? LOL. Where are you? Uh, <laughs> which I guess was flirting for me. That is flirting. But one time I texted a guy, why did you leave with a grenade? Which was like so (laughs) offensive. And the next morning I was like, I am minoring in women's studies. How in God's name did I send this text? But I, when I quit drinking, like for weeks, the novelty of waking up and not having sent a drunk text was like so shocking. And the first relationship I was in where I didn't have to worry about sending drunk texts, I was like, wait, there are is another way of life and does everybody know about this like you can just not completely combust a relationship by sending that someone they know is a grenade at two in the morning i think it speaks to a larger feeling of i don't have to do what i just thought about doing you know what i mean like i feel like that is so rare and it's such a novel concept for me that i only got like maybe like three years ago where I was like, I do, I want to do this. I do not have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just like the idea that like, I don't have to express every thought I have. Right. Like, yes. Or every insecurity. <laughs> yeah. 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 I get that way with Twitter too. Sometimes where I'm like, oh my God, if I don't immediately tweet this funny thing, I thought it'll like never survive. And now I'm just like, that's okay. That's probably better. <laughs> like, I've or- become like delusional in thinking that like the Instagram community is waiting to hear what I have to say about certain things. Totally. Like I'm like, I will need to comment on this political incident. I, and- and I literally felt that during the inauguration. I was like, I have to be live tweeting. They're waiting for me. And I was like, no one <laughs> Yeah, like what am I doing? <laughs> if anything, people are like Carolina, like coming to save the world again with a fucking Instagram gif. You have thoughts on divorce. Right. Yeah. What oh, brought you to this subject? I have general thoughts on divorce, and I would say my overwhelming thought is that I'm very pro-divorce and I'm kind of anti-marriage. Not for like every like people who want to get married to get married, but like I kind of think it's like so insane to expect to like live with a person or like be with the same person forever that we should like celebrate divorce more like I feel right I love this and also I don't think it I think it's okay to say marriage is insane like I don't I'm not gonna worry about offending the like married community because I think they're okay and like yeah they celebrate themselves I agree my one thought about weddings even though weddings are like such a gross like waste of money and like so unnecessary and designed to make people feel bad is I do feel like in life there are way more things to be sad about than things to celebrate so I do like support people celebrating shit that's a good point but I do think that single people should just have more things to sell like I just like I mean in like Sex and the City when Carrie like marries herself or whatever I feel like you're allowed to celebrate whatever you want like you should be allowed to be like I'm throwing myself a party because like I finished reading this book I wanted to read or like I mean that's like a smaller but like any kind of like personal achievement like you should throw yourself a party like it should not be reserved for people getting married you know 
I definitely want to get married for the party, for the attention. I'm just going to go into it with clarity for a celebration of love. I want to have that hope that I have, you know, like once in a while you hear about love stories of people who are just the one I always think about is Paul McCartney and Linda McCartney, his first wife, who's this amazing photographer, one of my favorite photographers. They met and just spent every day together, like ever since. They just were like completely in love. And you hear about stories like that of just people who are like best friends. I saw. The singer Amy Mann, who's one of my favorite singers, I saw her and her husband, and they've been married since, like, the 80s, and they were, like, cuddling. Yeah. Like, fully holding each other like they were newly dating. And you hear about couples like that, and you're like, okay, that's awesome. I don't (laughs) – I think that's super rare, and I also agree with you where I think that (laughs) – It's all about like you're celebrating a choice and a decision and like a celebration of love. I think divorce can also be an expression of that. Exactly. It is just like a choice. And like you're doing a thing you think will make you happy that relates to your relationship status. So why shouldn't you celebrate it? Also, like I think it should be free to get divorced. I think it should be free to get the I don't know. I just feel like there should just be more like fluidity where it's like, okay, we want to be married and then now we want to be divorced and it's not a bad thing. We're just like moving on to the next step. It makes me think of uh, the Parks and Rec episode where April and Andy are getting married and Leslie Nope's like, this is a really big decision. And April's like, I'm going to marry him and then get a divorce (laughs) and then marry him again. (laughs) (laughs) I completely understand that sort of mental state where you're like, I, the anxiety is strange, like the whole cold feet thing. Um. Because the future is just going to be unknown no matter what. And I feel like that's something like the whole till death do us part thing. It's like or an unseen circumstance that really changes things. Right. Or I feel like it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So my feelings change. Do we part? Yeah. I also think like, I don't know. I feel like there are people who like want to get married because they feel like it's like security and that. Oh, yeah. There are like more hurdles to getting divorced. Like someone won't just like get divorced as quickly. And I really don't want that. Like I want my partner to leave me when they want to. Like the moment they yeah. want to. like I don't want them to feel any pressure to stay with me because that's like so that to me is really sad. Like that's what I think is sad is like because something's a marriage, you like try to make it work or something. Right. And it's mm-hmm. no different from another relationship. Like if you want to leave, you should leave. I yeah. Devin and I talk about that a lot, just about how like <laughs> It's I felt better about getting dumped when I'm like, oh, so you're not into me anymore. So I don't want to be with you either. Like, if you're not into me, I don't want to be with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like you wouldn't that would not be a happy relationship, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's hard enough to get out of, in my experience, like just a long term relationship in general. It's like there's so many hurdles of like if you live with the person, if you have multiple weddings scheduled that you're supposed to go with them to or like family events like there's just so many things that come up in the thought process of like oh my god is this the right thing to do and when there's like a legal document involved I can't even imagine that decision yeah I do think like so my boyfriend is divorced and maybe this is just like a classic millennial thing but I when I learned that like thought it was so cool because it proved that he wasn't like a commitment phobe and it's like I'm so dating guys who like have never had a relationship longer than two months because they're like scared of being tied down. So like even the fact that his marriage ended, like just him wanting to get married in the first place, I was like, okay, he's not like afraid to of like serious relationships. Uh, but I do have friends who like will like 
hold it against someone if they're divorced to be like what That's so weird here that like they that, that like didn't work out and I'm like I don't know they just like it's just like ending any other relationship like that's the thing it's like you wouldn't hold it against someone for like having an ex if anything it's like weirder to like not have any exes yes i mean i have this weird fantasy bear with me while i say this i have like a weird fantasy and i think it's because like childbirth stresses me out like the idea of it but i like really want a family so i have this fantasy of being with a divorcee who has kids sort of a mamala situation if you will and Mm -hmm. i think it would be so nice to have a big family like that where you're friends with your exes, I mean, you're, where you're friends with your husband's ex, where you're friends with your boyfriend's ex, and where you get to sort of have this cool relationship with kids without bearing all of the responsibility and all of the pressure and just sort of get to be like a cool sort of godmother figure in someone's life where you get to take them on trips. My friend was uh, dating a single dad at one point and she was like, Oh, when the kid wakes us up, I'm so happy that I don't have to be the one to get up. <laughs> like, <laughs> But I just sort of like that arrangement. I, I would never, I think the stigma is so weird because it's really just like someone who's lived a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also it's like, if you're opposed to dating someone divorced, like you're going to have trouble in your thirties and forties. Like we're, we got high divorce rates over yeah. here. Um, yeah, I also that I kind of love that idea too. I also kind of want like just like a communal child rearing situation. Like, oh, yeah, I don't. I would like maybe if I were like a single mom, I I feel like I could handle maybe like one kid maximum. But then I'm like maybe there could be like four of us raising four kids together, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like I still had more kids but less work. I don't know. No, yeah. there needs to be a couple of people around for for me for sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> my mom and I used to say when we would watch uh, TLC's original program, Sister Wives, that oh, yeah. like it actually all looks good aside from Cody, who's the husband, like minus him. It's great. It's like four gals, 20 yeah. kids, a bunch of houses, a bunch of food, a bunch of activities like let's do it. Yeah. But then he comes in and it's like, oh, and then you have to like have sex with him. No. But other than that, I'm down. Oh, and also other than the religion, I'm down with it. Yeah. Other than the incestuous Amish community, I'm in. No, like, it's Mormon. I know, but that too. Like other than like the creepy married to your grandpa Mormonism, I'm in. Um, no, I I completely agree. I, I so funny. I always tell my mom like whenever I'm like I want a baby, and my mom's like you're not ready at all. I'm like you're gonna raise it. Like I'm gonna be busy. <laughs> Are your parents together? Are they divorced? My parents are together. Yeah. Oh, okay. Devin's are too. Same. Yeah. It's radical. My parents are definitely 100% divorced. <laughs> it really is. I mean, I always feel like it's weird when I hear about parents being still together. It's funny because people talk a lot about like how terrible it is for kids if you get divorced. And I, I don't get me wrong. My parents' divorce was really hard on me when I was a kid. But reading... <laughs> I hate that I'm going to make this plug. I love the book, but like I'm worried about what it says about me that I love this book so much. Reading Glennon Doyle's Untamed um, really <laughs> had me thinking. I love Glennon. I love Glennon. I, I love, love Glennon and Abby. I love their love story so much. But one thing that she said that really kind of made me think was that she was talking about how like people kept on being like, you have to stay together with your husband for the kids. You have to do it for the kids. And she said basically, like, what 
what message am I sending to like my kids then? Like you right. are going to have to be miserable. Like, and if you have a change of heart, that doesn't really matter because you're going to have to suffer. And she was sort of like, why are we equating like a mother's love for her children for sort of how much she suffers? And um, I think that like no, her kids had a hard time with it, but at the same time, like she's so happy and her kids got to see her make a really healthy choice for herself, which is like I've heard a couple of my friends whose parents are still together. have had the opposite experience where I remember I was on a road trip with two of my friends, both their parents were still together. And one of them was like, my parents have been married for like 30 years. And I was like, that's amazing. And she was like, well, if I were my mom, I would have left my dad a long time ago. And I was like, what? And then my friend in the back was like, yeah, same. And I was like, wait, what is going on? Like I would kill for my parents to be together, but both of their Obviously, this doesn't speak to marriage as a whole or anyone's parents. Yeah, both of their sets of parents were really miserable. Yeah, and then it doesn't set a good example of like how to end a situation you don't feel good in, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the same thing if like a parent works a lot. It's like, yeah, that's hard on the kids, but you also want to show them that like their career can matter to them too. I mean, I just generally feel like people put like make motherhood out to be like you have to do everything has to be about your kid. Like there's nothing there for you. Right. Well, yeah, you can't have like a selfish experience. I mean, even saying selfish implies that it is, but you can't have an experience that's just about you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think also I was talking to a friend of mine who's like, she has a kid and she's in a community of moms and um, families. And she was just saying people do get divorced all the time and everyone thinks like everyone's going to be talking about it. This is so embarrassing. This is like a failure. But no one really thinks about like everyone is like, oh, that's sad. And I hope they're OK. And then moves on. Like it's not really I think societal pressure makes us think that it has to be this big dramatic failure thing when in reality most people understand and I think like move on from it pretty quickly. Yeah, totally. And I'm like optimistic as divorce rates increase, there will just be even less stigma. Yeah. I think the stigma adds to like the bitterness too, because we had Laura Wasser on the pod, who's this amazing divorce lawyer. She's actually representing Kim Kardashian as we speak. And ever heard of her? <sighs> she's representing our friend Kim. And uh, she was basically saying about how she tells her clients when they were like really pissed off she's like think of all the good memories think of like you loving your kids think of like everything you guys have together and if you are in shame about the decision or feel like it's some mark on your character or on you know the relationship you can't really I feel like have that gratitude for the experience but it was also funny talking to Laura because we basically were asking her like would you ever get married and she's like this total hottie and she was like uh yeah i mean i don't know why the state has to get involved like she, <laughs> i had never heard it put that way and i was like right 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 like why does california have to get involved in my sex life yeah i was did you guys watch the west wing uh, no i know i should it's truly like my favorite show i mean now it's like kind of out of date but i was re-watching it um and there's like an episode where they're debating gay marriage and it's like from like the early 2000s and then someone's like I think honestly we should just ban marriage altogether and like everyone treats this like such a radical proposal and then when he explains it I'm like yeah why is the state involved in marriage like and he's like we can leave it up to churches I'm like yeah people can still get married they just don't have to like sign a contract with the state like right 
to the West Wing writers on this, you know? That's how Romeo and Juliet did it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, in the good old days. We're going to be right back on True Romance with more questions for Jenny. Please stay tuned. I want true. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. The Hyundai Santa Fe becomes available early 2024, so get on it now before all the good camping sites are full. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a brand new Samsung A14 on them. Straight Talk Unlimited plans start at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Who wouldn't want a few extra bucks in their pocket? Straight Talk is a great everyday value on wireless. Plus, it all runs on the most reliable 5G network in America. So treat yourself to Straight Talk today. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Straight Talk utilizes the network with the most first place rankings and root metrics 1H 2023 5G reliability assessments of 125 metros. Results may vary. Not an endorsement. And we're back with True Romance. Do you want to get married? I mean, I know we're, we're, we're all making such logical arguments and I've actually read like very powerful essays on what can happen to a woman's career statistically after she gets married even if she's conscious of the risks all this stuff and still like I love the idea of the party I don't know if I'm bred to love it but it's just what's happening it just it's what happens yeah the party does sound fun I don't think I personally want to have a wedding because I think like the invite list would stress me out too much um Mm -hmm. and I would like I think a wedding would like vastly up the stress I feel about getting divorced. Um, not to say that people who have weddings should feel any shame about getting divorced. I think I would just be like, do I have to tell every single wedding guest that it's 
like do I have to return all this stuff? I don't know. Not that I would. Um, I would never like return a household product. Oh yeah, never. I don't really want to get married, and but I do want like a long term stable relationship, and I I want kids. Um, but I have this idea that I just like don't want to tie my like childbearing future to my like romantic future. So I kind of like want to have. I don't know. Maybe I mean if no, I. I think that makes sense. I think it's very likely if I were with someone who wanted to have kids, we would like have kids together. But if I had kids on my own, like I would then just kind of like date once I like have the time to just like date for myself, basically, because it would be like the family that I wanted already. Um, So I wouldn't say I specifically want to get married, but I don't have like a hard and fast like rule where I'm like, oh, I'll never get married, you know. What I've loved seeing in modern age, if you want to call it that, but just women having children, it's not sort of novel that women are just having children because they want them and um haven't met a partner they've wanted to do it with i right. was talking about like how i love to uh foster one day and i was talking to my friend about it and he was like how does he said something along the lines of oh how does that make you feel or how has that affected your dating life and i've said like you know obviously i've dated guys who haven't been into that idea or haven't been into even adoption but i said I know I'll have a family someday, you know, like that's such a security. Like, I don't have to spend like 20 grand to freeze my eggs to know that like I'll have a family one day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like a family is like what you want it to be. And it's like you can form. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm paying Devin $20 to freeze my eggs. We're yeah. going to do it at home. I have yeah. like a mini fridge from college and I just got the black mold out of it. So Perfect. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm going to make a superhero in that fridge. <laughs> That's an origin oh, story. Guys, I just want to say there there's a movie about this. It's called Instant Family, I believe, starring Mark Wahlberg. Is that what it's called? Yes. Instant Family. Has being in a happy relationship affected your stand-up? And what I mean by that is I feel like it's so much easier to joke when you're miserable about men yeah. in situations. and. It's sort of like being pretty in high school, right? Where you're like, you're not going to be as funny as me because you haven't reached the levels of loneliness and despair that I have. Right. And has like being happy in a relationship, like uh, stolen material from you. Well, the nice thing is I'm still not that happy in general. So I still have oh, that. Oh, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Although I did just start antidepressants and I kind of do. I'm trying to take a break from Twitter anyway. And I'm like, I don't feel that funny now, which is like nice. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but people on Twitter will sometimes tell me that my relationship is maybe less funny, which I think is really mean, but they do say it. And I don't think it's true. I think I had some really good when I was still, I mean, I tweeted so much today, but I'm trying, I, like in 2021, I've been tweeting less. And like, I think that I've been, um, I think I had some good boyfriend tweets making fun of my boyfriend. And like, if anything, it's more annoying that I just like tweet about him a lot. But I don't, I don't think it's like overall made me like happy. Like, I don't think it's, I feel like I still have like these reserves of despair to draw upon, which is the good news. We always have despair to find. And that's like truly inspiring. But I also think that I, and I've talked to Devin about this, like being single again, it's so easy to go to a jaded place. And I'm like, because that's sort of a character that's easy to fall into. Like I'm always single, like the memes have like finding your boyfriend is a brownie or stuff like that. And I feel like I've decided to be like ruthlessly hopeful of like (laughs) lethally optimistic. This is leaving untamed. This is the time for lethal optimism because it's like things can can't get. I mean, I oh my god, knock on wood. I was about to say things can't get any worse. 
and I feel like things must start to get better, but who knows? But yeah. like, I feel like this is like a good time to be optimistic. Like we're turning some kind of corner. No, I totally agree. And also like, I can't, I just think that there are certain people who can't afford not to look at the hopeful things. Like I, yes, I yes. know people who can, especially like working in comedy and stuff like I know people who can just be like extremely cynical and then go on with the rest of their day and go out to dinner and like go to bed and sleep well I cannot so I have to be like we flipped Georgia we flipped Georgia we flipped Georgia um, I was gonna say because- the Georgia runoffs everyone was saying we were gonna lose and I was like I know it will be incredible if we win and we're more likely to lose but I just can't think about losing like I just can't I can't do it right now it's too depressing um, so thank God we won because I was really uh, acting like a clown. <laughs> I, I was walking think, around my clown makeup saying we were going to win. I also think about the relationship thing. Like I get so much more insecure when I'm single sometimes because I'm like, oh, people are maybe looking at like when you go on dating apps, it's like, oh, people are looking at my social media now. Like I remember thinking that because Hinge was like connect to your Instagram or something and it's like oh people are actually going to be looking at this shit um and that made me kind of insecure whereas I feel like once someone has been scammed into being my (laughs) boyfriend I'm like oh I guess I can say and do whatever I want because I don't really care if like Joe H is gonna match me back yeah definitely yeah yeah, I get like worried because my Instagram is kind of slutty. And like now that I'm in a relationship, I feel like I can be as slutty as I want because he's. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny has a lot of shouts and murmurs pieces in The New Yorker. And one of my favorites was titled All the Define the Relationship DTR, as you put it, <laughs> Moments in a Modern Romance. And some of them were like meeting each other's grandmothers and finding out one of them was alive or adding them to your Instagram story. And another one was just saying their name out loud in public. <laughs> what were some of the DTR moments in your current relationship? Um, well, because of COVID, a big one was just like the first time we got physical because we literally got COVID tested just to do it. And oh, oh my gosh. Not an that ex- is so sci-fi. It was very sci-fi. Also, like from our first kiss to like us having fully penetrative sex was like beautiful eight minutes. It was like <laughs> By the way, had that experience pre-pandemic. I love that experience. But like we hadn't, like we literally had not touched another person in months. And we like had discussed having sex like so openly. And we were like, we're going to get tested and then we can have sex. And it was like our like fifth time hanging out, which is like truly the longest I've waited for sex by four dates. Like it was, yeah. It felt so delayed. Uh, You have the fight. I'm so sorry. You have the funniest stand-up joke where you're talking about I hate doing this joke for you because you say it funnier, but you're like, hey, I have a third date. Oh, yeah. Should I have sex with him? <laughs> like, like to fully disclose, I've already had sex with him twice. <laughs> so good. I, I tweeted that joke before a third date with a guy who was a stand-up comedian who had had sex with twice. And I like, he was like, this is funny. You should tell it. I have like an open mic. And I was like, no, it's not going to work in stand-up. And he's like, it might work. And then I'm like, I kind of, I don't like him. So I like kind of hold it against him that he was like, right. Like, Um, I remember hooking up with a guy in college and like, kind of like, I think I just really wanted a boyfriend. I kind of liked him. And so the first night we made out, I was like, let's wait. Like, (laughs) I don't want to have sex the first night. And he was like, okay. 
And like the second night we had sex and I was like, I'm so glad we waited. And he was like, we waited 24 hours. Like, <laughs> what do you think? I was like, I'm shy. The worst is like, we've talked about this before, Caroline and I. The worst is I've had a guy be like, I think we should wait. I don't see you as just like a hookup. And it's like so condescending. And I'm like, oh, so you think that I'm like doing this because I have no self-respect or something like what like i just want to hurt you up with you <laughs> like, yeah yeah like that women just want to get laid too you know yeah yeah what were some of the other dtr moments other in DTRs. your courtship um, well i met his parents really early on and it's kind of just because like they were like the only people he sees like he like <laughs> like his family and like two of his friends and it was just like, there was no way he was going to meet my friends. We like eventually went on some picnics with my friends and stuff. But I would say meeting his parents happened very early. And it was like, we like probably hadn't even really defined the relationship by the time he like invited me to go meet them. And I went to like stay with them for the weekend. Um, so that was like 10 minutes from kiss to sex to meeting parents. Like, not <laughs> like very, very fast. It's like a 20 minute period. Watch the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. That was like a big bonding in a bad way thing, or like kind of like trauma bonding over a thing we've like chosen to watch. Yeah, that is a moment of truth. Because what if he had been like, I think he was wrongfully. He was like, usually people get a court of law and a jury decides, not culture. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's so funny. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I talked about him on a podcast before. We were like, oh, yeah, this is kind of cutesy and maybe a DTR moment. But like I w- talked about him on a podcast and I was like, you know, we've been on like 10 dates. I don't know where it stands. I'm like always so nervous. They're going to pull away. So I don't like to like pressure them. Um, right. And my friend was like, if you've been on 10 dates, like you guys are engaged. And then he t- listened to the podcast. And then he was like, oh, by the way, I already tell people you're my girlfriend. And I'm like, <gasps> oh, <laughs> I don't care how that sounds. It's so exciting. It did come from a podcast. Wow. The the art of audio production really... You guys are doing work, yeah. Yeah, it really is important. And I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for how important our work is. Jenny, for our listeners out there, what is some good breakup advice you've heard for anyone who's going through a hard one? Um, I would get like addicted to a really compelling TV show on and like I say that as like a, a person who is an addict and I don't think addiction is like that good of a thing but I think television addiction can be kind of useful in small doses so I would yes. like, make your, like throw yourself into something really plot heavy I'm, I'm not going through a breakup but I am watching Game of Thrones right now which I think is going to get me through like the winter um <laughs> like having a thing to just but just like attach yourself to something that you have to like look forward to Um, yeah and then yeah just like try to come up with one thing every day to look forward to also like everyone will be like block them on social media or like mute them I think like the muting suggestion is so insane because if you're obsessed with someone it doesn't matter if you mute them you're gonna search them all the time you're gonna unmute them yeah it's like you either have to make a decision to like fully block them or fully be off social media or just like admit that you're gonna look them up all the time 
I have to block the whole world. Like, I don't just block them. I block their friends. Carolina's really good at it. I have to be because I will go through, like I did when I was 19, my ex's pictures, my ex's ex's pictures, my ex's ex's prom pictures, and just Mm -hmm. sob, sob, snob, as Devin put it earlier, when your sobbing and snot is coming out of your nose. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely do it. And yeah, feel no guilt, I would say, about blocking people. Like, it doesn't matter if they'll think you're mean or if it's like, yes exactly it doesn't matter if it's your ex's mom and she was never anything but nice to you you can still block her you know what i mean like it's about you it's about yeah. you and and i think a lot of the times too i'll think yeah do they think that like i'm so crazy or dramatic and i'm like i don't have to worry about that anymore yeah. like it's good night right i love that advice and also i quit smoking like a year ago and then I quit vaping lol <laughs> like several months ago. And then you ago. quit your lozenges didn't you? Uh, yeah and then I quit nicotine lozenges but that was actually an accident and it wasn't hard but I have become in replacement so addicted to TV and like binge watching stuff and it is the healthiest addiction that I've had like it's it's probably not good for my eyes but other than that like what is the harm in watching all of Bling Empire in two days I don't see much of one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I heard someone, I mean, I was like a a very heavy drinker and I went deep into like researching alcohol addiction. And this advice I got once was like, tackle your addictions in the order that they're killing you. So it's like, if TV addiction isn't hurting you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Buy some stupid stuff, like just indulge a little bit in the other areas. Yeah. I gain a little weight and I just like calmly nod at it. I'm like, yes, there it is. Yeah. I also think a fun thing for a watching addiction is to like do a list of like I'm trying to watch the best thrillers of all time right now. Like I have a list of all the best thrillers and all the best horror movies. So that's been kind of fun. That is fun. I did all of Bong Joon-ho's movies after the last breakup. And it was so So much fun because it's such everything is such a world. Yeah. You can find Jenny Hogan on Instagram. I'm Jenny Hogan underscore on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find her book, Toxic Femininity in the Workplace. Yes. I, I linked to it on both of those. Sorry. Sorry. On the internet. Yeah. You can find it on the internet I mean, and you can um, purchase it. You add to cart and then you just check out. You have to give some credit card information, but then it comes to your house actually. And it's this really cool system that Jenny set up. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for coming on the True Minds pod. So fun. Yeah, and thanks for talking divorce with us. Of course. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you guys. And that was Jenny. I'm so grateful. Devin, I hope that you are there for my first divorce. I hope you're there for my wedding, but I also hope you and I have a party when I go through a divorce. I'll Just be kidding. there. I, I plan to str- I'm, I plan to stay married. Okay, well, either way, I'll be there with uh, figurines, and I'm not going to say of what. (laughs) I love you, Devin. Love you. Catch you next time. Bye.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.